This is Chip Brantley, co-host of the NPR podcast, White Lies. Before we found the man in Vancouver, before we sued the State Department, before we snuck into the graveyard of a federal penitentiary, all we had were the photographs. Photographs of a group of Cuban men standing on the roof of a prison in rural Alabama. That's this season on the NPR podcast, White Lies. Nuclear. Now is it Crick or Creek? Coyote or Coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. Um, well, actually, We're getting we a bunch. We got a bunch of Kath. Okay, oh. you cut in front of me again. <laughs> I'm furious. <laughs> that's because I'm the youngest. <laughs> no, no, that's not it. Pearls before swine. Never mind. That's not good. <laughs> I like that one. Oh no, I don't like that. It's bad for me. No, okay. I just realized that. Yeah. I, I think we'll just roll into getting started here <laughs> because they're already on fire, Kathy and Ross. We're we're mostly going to do a mailbag day today because uh, we've had a lot of letters asking wonderful questions and some stuff that I've never even thought about. So I, I want to start off with, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher your name, but uh, Magali from Texas, they wrote that they recently discovered the podcast and are loving it. But as someone whose native tongue is Dutch slash Flemish, it's really hurting their ears when Kathy and Ross, and I suppose myself, <laughs> tried to pronounce Dutch words. Try was the key word in yeah. there. <laughs> I, I think most recently we, we tried with, uh, should I even try it? Spuken and, and spewing uh, when we were talking about vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> Apt. So apologies to Magali. Well, this is a problem for me because I have a Dutch in-law. I have like two great friends who are both from uh, the Netherlands. My wife's friend, I, basically Dutch are coming out of my ears and I still can't pronounce the language correctly. I got to, I've got to work on this. Although the other day I was actually at a dinner party with my, with one of my Dutch friends and I was talking about Van Gogh. And I finally, I finally, he said, finally, he goes, not bad. But I don't think that was it just now. So. Maybe he meant, like, he was being kind, Ross. <laughs> Very possible. Bless your heart. My theory is, I say Van Gogh, it's easier, that's that. <laughs> so, yes, Fletcher, you were talking about Mailbag Day. Yeah. I can sing a little song about Mailbag Day, Mailbag Day. Please hey, don't everybody, get me. It's Mailbag Day. That <laughs> was very snappy. I'll try to, I'll try to add some organ in post-production. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we got a bunch of emails recently um, about different topics and thought we'd just lump them all together because we were sort of intrigued by each of the topics. And, Ross, would you like to start with first, which is Kara from Baltimore. Okay, basically asked... What is the background of woke? And actually, let's let's start by asking Fletcher the same question. First of all, when do you think woke began? When first began being used? Not as not in the sleeping term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the twenties, the sixties, or the nineties. Nineteen twenties, nineteen sixties, or nineteen nineties. Okay, I knew that it wasn't um, very very recently, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have even gone back. I, I would have said like the 80s, honestly. So I guess I'll say the 90s, but but I have a feeling it's even earlier than that. 
Yeah, it is earlier, but you're right. It's also not that old. Well, depending on your age, it's not that old, <laughs> so I the six, say. So sometime in the 60s. <laughs> you got it. Okay. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. That surprised me. I thought it was actually much more recent, personally. But the one interesting thing about it, though, is the basic use of it is, you know, where it's actually derived from being awake. But in uh, African-American vernacular English, you could say it like you would say, for example, he had a thing, I was sleeping, but now I'm woke. And that would be correct in AAVE. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, I'm actually really wondering if it's early, it's the first written example we have. We mentioned right here in the 1962 uh, New York Times magazine, if you're woke, you dig it. But my guess would be that even in the in the sense that we're talking about, given that it was used normally in African-American vernacular English, I bet it was earlier. That's just a guess. I don't think so. I, I actually think... I mean, I know just because we said the first uh, print citation from the OED was 62, I would think it was about the fifth, late 50s, early 60s. Like it was sort of like cool talk, personally. And I'm sorry, I'm, I think I'm, I got to interject. I think the phrase, if you're woke, you dig it, is insanely wonderful. I like it too. Isn't it amazing? I really want that on a t shirt. But my guess is, if you're woke, you dig it, is 1940s and 50s jazz and stuff like that too I, I, who knows and it we just didn't know. show up in writing at least yeah. as far as we have it until till the 60s yeah, it could be i gotta say though that, that in in that case it was used it was it was defined then as meaning well informed up to date which is a slight yes. variation on what we're talking about now very much well, okay so. so as we keep saying we keep saying as as we talk about it now or as we understand it now can you here's the problem with woke right now, uh, a lot of people ha- have co-opted it and decided to use it as a pejorative term. And so I think there's not a lot of understanding exactly of what woke has meant. Now it doesn't really mean anything. It's like it, if I want to be racist or misogynist, I call you woke because you actually care about you know people and and their civil rights, right? So mm-hmm. I, I call you woke. Oh, what's with all these woke policies, right? Which really just means, you know, I, I, I don't like the fact that you're uh, paying attention to black people or to women or, or so on and so forth. So, so right, like, like at this very moment. It's a pejorative. Yeah at, yeah, at this very moment, this day in history, that, that term has kind of been co-opted into, and turned into a pejorative. But let's talk about what it has meant before that. Well, the, the, the most recent definition, the most recent definition that we're talking about prior to that would be alert to racial prejudice and discrimination. You're alert to like what's going on to be discriminatory. And then, but even in the pejorative sense, it I don't think the people using it in a negative way would argue that it doesn't mean being alert to racial prejudice. They're saying to be alert to racial prejudice is not a good idea. But they I think they both both sides actually understand the basic meaning of the term don't you guys agree yeah i mean i think you're giving a little more credit to the pejorative version of it i mean i think it means less than that it is it is i I agree with you fletcher actually yeah it's often used regarding things like education about black history or or something like that but or or yeah or women's rights or 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 women's rights gay you know well and and even and even and even like right now i want to say we're we're in this state, Kansas, uh, debating the use of single-use plastic bags and whether or not we can ban them. And I've seen people refer to plastic bag bans as woke policy. That has nothing to do, <laughs> right? Oh, really? 
Yeah, it's become like, yeah, I agree with you. I agree, because that's what I've seen a lot. It's just like woke now is just sort of that saying like, is... you jerk ass who's like, you know, likes, who who stands for like like things that, that are not this right wing, very whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's I interesting. That is really interesting. So we're saying it. it's basically is undergoing undergoing what we've talked about before is pejoration. Yes. It's becoming a, a, a bad word. That's interesting. How, both of you, how much of the positive do you see now? You don't see the positive that much at all. I, I still do. But to be honest with you, I don't think I'm seeing it as often as I used to, actually. I think it has been slightly co-opted, sadly. Don't you, Fletcher? Yeah, I, I think more than slightly. I think it has yeah. been quite a lot. I'm just going to look up in the past month, woke being used. The American right has gone to war with woke capitalism. Okay. Uh, why being woke is not left wing. What is behind Ron DeSantis' Stop Woke Act? I'm just looking at random mm. things. No, woke is not a racial slur. I think it's it seems to be in flux. I, I think it's hard to really say. Republican war on woke policies creeps into U.S. Uh, white fragility lawsuit exposes emptiness okay. of anti-woke movement. No, it's interesting. I think it's all over the place, really. I don't think we're anywhere at this point. Well, I don't, the thing that two things that fascinate me. First of all, while doing this, I found out that uh, Lead Belly had it. They, they're saying stay woke emerged in the 1930s in some contexts about what we're talking about, social and political awareness. That was my so we guess. Go back to what I you thought said. it was earlier. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, the next one is a, a question we had, and it's it's sort of interesting. The problem we all have speaking English is that English has 26 letters, and it has over 44 sounds, unlike Kathy's uh, Spanish language in Spain, which seems to be sort of sticks with the uh, correct number. Here's a quick question, Fletcher. I'm going to spell some words. You're going to pronounce them for me. I'm going to spell this. It's a tough one. So you're going to have a little difficulty with this. Spell C-A, uh, pronounce C-A-T. Cat. Okay. <laughs> he sounds suspicious, Ross. <laughs> I know you guys, all right? I know you guys. <laughs> but wait, I want to say something real quick about that word cat. So I, I have... As of this recording, a, a an 18-month-old daughter, a one and a half years old, and I've been saying the word cat to her for a very long time. We, we, even, we have a cat who lives at home with us as well. And she ha pretty much hasn't used the word cat at all, which seems to be a pretty easy word to use. But now she's calling all cats meow meows, which seems a lot harder. That's interesting. Cat. But 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 and even though she, she knows what a cat is, I mean she could point to one. I can ask her what a cat is, but she'll point at it and say meow meow. <laughs> that is so interesting. I'm gonna have to interject because when you say when I asked you to say cat, I had a chill in my I got a chill. <laughs> because this when I was a kid, I was learning how to spell. And my father was ready, I think he is the closest I ever came he ever came to like strangling his son. He was going with like Ross. I'm going to spell A-T. What is A-T? I go at. He goes, let's put a buh in front. How do you, what is B-A-T? How do you spell bat? I go B-A-T. He goes, okay, now spell cat. I go, I don't know how to spell it. He goes, C-A-T. <laughs> he goes, so he goes, now tell me how to spell cat. I went, I don't know. He goes, how do you spell bat? I went, B-A-T. How do you spell cat? A-T. How do you spell cat? 
I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and he, I, my mother, my mom had to come into the room. He's like, cat, C-A-T. <laughs> I'm anyway. with dad, Ross. I'm with dad all the way. <laughs> and that, that, that small experience formed the entire rest of your life. Now, now you're... <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm He's allergic, allergic to cats. cats. I wonder if that's the reason. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's keep okay, going. Anyway, let's go back to Fletcher. Brilliantly pronounced the word "cat." Yes, thank it's a you. Short a. Thank you. Now let's do. We did the silent e. Let's do c a t e. Kate. Good. Right. C a t e. Very good. <laughs> uh-huh. We have the two basic sounds of a in English: short a, a, uh, long a, a. a. Uh-huh. Now c a r t. C cart. Right. Very good. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, man. I'm nailing these. This is the best quiz you guys have ever given me. <laughs> Gold star time, baby. <laughs> well, this is an interesting quirk. It, it occurs in very few languages. English is one, and uh, Mandarin Chinese, Mandarin. I believe. Yeah. And uh, another several uh, indigenous languages of North America have. I think some parts of Portugal. Oh, that's right, too. I think you're right. Yeah. It's called a bossy R or an R controlled vowels. Basically, the R in this case changes the vowel sound. And instead of just a long A and a short A, like in most English uh, vowels are, we have like a kind of MIDI kind of er A where the, the uh merges with the R and we get. Like you just said, cart. It also occurs with uh, U, R, I, R, and E, R, all the vowels. And then U, I, R, and E, R kind of gets to a er, daughter, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Isn't that sort of interesting? Yeah, it is. I just was saying, okay, and it makes up about 10% only of single syllable words. But that's a that's a pretty substantial amount when you think about it. It is. What U, R, is worse, or there? I'm sorry, I'm thinking of E, R. Oh, surf. Okay. Surf, that's urge. Like, yeah. Yeah. Lots of them. They're actually a fair amount. But U, R, E, E, R, and I are all basically sound the same. Er, er, er. Yeah. Skirt, shirt, curve, curl. Yeah. What gets me, though, is we go back to what we've said a million times with English is we're not, I never thought about this, but it's like a duh thing no. when you hear it. You go, yeah, oh, yeah, that's not like a short or a short A or a, it's not a short vowel or a no. long vowel. It's its its, its own thing. And I really never thought about it. No, although, Kathy, I think you were guilty of hyperbole. You said a million times. I think it was only about 150,000 times. <laughs> I don't know. You weren't around a lot. I was counting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was busy trying to learn how to spell cat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, moving along. I'm sorry. I just was looking. I just said this. Is orange a bossy R word? Well, so say that word again. Or I say orange. 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 Yeah. Right. I mean. So I make it like R controlled. But uh-huh. it's, if it's orange, which I've heard people say, which to me sounds wrong. Well, that's but but that's still a, a little R controlled. I think in either way. I mean, nobody's saying orange. No, it is. And no one's really saying or- orange. Or- I guess. Or- uh, what's a short O? Aw. Caught. Caught, C-O-T. Yeah. yeah. I guess orange so, Orange is sort of a short O, isn't it? It is an R control. No, though. it's really it an R control. Look, yeah. bot, look, bot orange. orange. It's different. Yeah, because yeah. you're saying or. You're saying or. You are saying or. Yeah, I think in either way, whether you're saying orange or orange, orange. it's still R controlled either way. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I don't want to disabuse anyone of that concept, <laughs> but... <laughs> Gee, what could be the what word we're talking segue. about now? <laughs> this hey, is... what a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
time. We happen to get an email, Ross. <laughs> Len in Boston. Cat, pull that email out. Let's go. <laughs> Len in Boston said he has been noticing the word disabused being abused. Uh-huh. Clever, Len. And he said, is it? Is it? Is it, Are we noticing that? Are we seeing disabused being differently? And he gave us an example from a website called Zero Hedge. And he said, this is what he saw. He said, I used to be disgusted. Now I'm disabused. Beneath all the self-serving narratives, fad memes, and oversimplifications regurgitated as serious analysis, these are the core dynamics I see. Okay, I used to be disgusted. Now I'm disabused. I have no idea what that person is saying. Thank you. I don't either. Len, I think you're right. The question we're going to ask Fletcher is, is disabused being mis- being abused? <laughs> uh, I mean, in that sense, I would say yes, because, again, I don't even know what that person is trying to say with that with that sentence. I used to be disgusted. Now I'm disabused. Of, of what? Right. Perfect. <laughs> Fletcher. Ding, 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 ding. Another gold star. Yeah, you, you can't just be in the state of being disabused. You have to be disabused of something. Precisely. Okay. The question we both had, though, though, was and we were, you know, we just were talking earlier about woke being, you know, changing in, in meaning, et cetera. Is this being used, quote unquote, incorrect or different sense more frequently now than than before? We couldn't find too many examples, though. So I'm not sure it is. Well, in Len, this case. Len, Len seems to be sure it is. So this this is probably happening mm-hmm. in some places. Uh, I, I can't say that I've noticed it either. But, uh, you know, somebody has. Len from Boston. Well, I looked it up. <laughs> I wanted to support Len. And I actually found a couple. And, and I, I'm surprised because I did not think uh, it was. I've not noticed it, but then I paid attention. I found something in New European. Again, I'm in Spain, so I'm getting a lot of European sites. And someone wrote, this is in a, a magazine or a website, and said, I was disabused by a neighbor as nerdy as I. Uh, and then they talk about some design about arts and crafts houses. So again, we don't have disabused of something. They're using it as a like being, I think, being critiqued or being really in mm-hmm. this case, Man. which is very different than the Len example. Yeah. And then there was the other example in the Scottish Herald. Alas, I was disabused, which Kathy, to give her credit, also found, which Thank again you, is Ross. the same sort of thing. Well, I think in that case, they're using disabuse saying, because that sentence was, I had thought uh, that the ladies' version of soccer was altogether superior. Alas, I was disabused. They're saying, I, I, uh, my, my, I was disabused of that thought. Yeah, it seems it like sounds. they just dropped off that part of the sentence. Yeah. But that's still technically incorrect. Yeah. It still is not correct in the sense that we're using it. It's yeah. casual. And I think that actually, interestingly enough, shows how in what how the the algorithm how the word is actually changing because she dropped or he or she well i mean the the, the, the they dropped the of mm. and we made both made we all made sense of it so therefore yeah it is uh it's changing in that sense it, at least saying? at least in in i guess the way a sentence may be constructed but it seems like that that example is different from the earlier one from zero hedge where it it just didn't make any sense right. whatsoever. I 
think that one sounds to me like someone being all hotsy totsy because it's too cutie. It's like I used to be disgusted. Now I'm disabused. It's like whoa, look yeah, at that. Like, yeah, yeah. They were trying you know, something. Clever. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> no offense. Whoever wrote it, sorry. <laughs> Try again, baby. <laughs> but I do think the Scottish Herald thing. I do think the Scottish Herald thing shows the evolution of how that word might be changing in, in terms of uh, usage. I think. I think it shows the beginnings of that change that will end up in a zero hedge uh, example <laughs> later on, I think. Yeah, I think you might be right. Well, let's stop careening or careering. <laughs> Boy, words. are we getting clever, Ross. <laughs> you frighten oh, me. Oh, hey. <laughs> we pop up into this email question to us. You may have mentioned this, but I don't have time to go through 100 shows. Come on now. Well, I think he should. I think you should. Todd, Todd. <laughs> but I think it's a very good question. And it, it was very interesting to both Kathy and, and to Kathy and me because we use careening. We differ between careening and careering usage. Here's the here's the quote. I mean, here's the question. About 15 years ago, I pulled out my physical paper, Merriam-Webster Dictionary, to look up the spelling. And it wasn't there. Apparently, the correct word, or at least it was, was careering. What's the etymology of careening and careering? And are they, in fact, related? Okay, first of all, Ross is a careering boy. I am a careening mm -hmm. gal. I, I have never used careering except for to talk about a career. But uh -huh. I've never said, you know, I'm careering all over the joint. I've said something's careening all over the joint. Yeah, when I saw this email... Uh, my first thought was, oh, yeah, I, I guess I did know that. But I I don't ever think of careering at all. Um, and I don't use careening that often either. But if I were to use one or the other, I would probably use careening, even though once I saw this email, I was reminded that I did, in fact, know that careering was, <laughs> was the word. Careening. Yeah. Careering to me sounds stuffy and wrong i'm sorry it just does to me and i don't mean it rudely ross but whenever you say careering i it sets my teeth on edge even though i know it's i can i, I, under, I agree with you and I'm, I'm but i'm partly wondering uh we grew up overseas for a, a period of time and it was a seminal moment i think particularly for me because i was older and i we read my father would get us british books a lot because you couldn't we were in the middle east you couldn't get you know uh, american books as much in those days so I think careering, I, I don't know. Did you look it up, Kathy? I think careering tends to be more British. And I wonder if I just got it because I was reading, you know, junky English books. Not, I mean, not all English books are junky, but. I don't, we were reading but I was Edith thinking Blyton's. Blyton's. And, yeah, those <laughs> are kind of crappy, but, but they're fun. Anyway, I did look it up. Careening is chiefly U.S. Careening is influenced okay. by career. So careening the word is, is is initially nautical, and it came from uh, turning a ship over on one side for cleaning, caulking, or repairing. The careening, so, you said? Careen. Okay. Careen was a nautical term, and it came. It meant to main, It started out as to turn a ship over on one side for cleaning, caulking, or repairing. Caulking, C-A-U-L-K, in case my accent is making it very confusing. And it came from the Latin uh, carina for, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, carina, carina probably for keel so it was a no, nautical Karina. term Karina. okay fine but anyway so careen as the way we use it to like you know to hurdle about you know or like a ball careening in the court you know or whatever in the baseball field they say in the oed was influenced by career the word that ross uses which is technically the original one and they do say it's chiefly u.s 
So Kareen, Kareen is chiefly U.S. Yeah, yeah. Kareen is chiefly U.S. and career. The idea of 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 the way we do it, the way it's technically what I use as Kareen, is more British. Yes. Okay, so there were two words with different meanings, career and Kareen, and Kareen was the nautical one, and career meant the the ball hurtling about or whatever. And then career started to influence that word Kareen that existed separately, and now right. that one more means uh, the same thing as career. Right, and they come from two different Latin words. Like one comes from keel, Karina, and the other one comes from caris, yeah. chariot. Wow. So they're definitely different origins as well. Mm-hmm. But career, I mean, with the chariot thing, I really picture it, actually, in that sense. So I think it's sort of a cool word in that. So I picture, you know, Ben-Hur in the chariot race or something. Which is true. I like that. I think, though, that what gets me is I think in my head career means career, the job thing. So I I have problems with it as a verb meaning what I careen. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that, too, of course. But how did we get from carry the chariot thing to career? As a job thing. You're asking about the etymology um, of career as a job. Yeah. Now, that is a good question. Career now, and I'm looking at it right now, comes from a running at full speed, a course. So a it's pathway, a, a course a of one's public or professional life, 1803. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's 1803 only, though. That's pretty. Yep, that's pretty not. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Because we've got career in terms of charging around from the 1500s. Yeah. No, it's a late, it's a very late. It's interesting. And uh, so, uh, I'm going to like take a little segue here. Carom is the other word when we're talking about careening. I always heard carom in baseball. I didn't hear about the ball careering or careening. I always heard it caroming. Carom off the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I mean, that's another one which which gets me that, that fits for me in that, that little segment of career and careen. Carom though is is a, is is that a that is a uh, it's a stroke in in billiards. That's where it came from. It's actually, yeah, it's actually old. Seventeen seventy nine Hoyle's Games, a carom bowler carom. I didn't realize it was that old actually. Yeah, because carom I only ever heard baseball announcers doing. I've never I've never in my life said something caroming. Oh really? But. Yeah, you have. Well, if you ever if you ever hang around a billiards par- apparently parlor, you would have. <laughs> well, I used to hang around pool tables sometimes. But I never used the term. <laughs> this is an interesting usage, though. Boston Globe, nineteen sixty-seven. Rockets carom to the moon. That's a weird use. Oh wow! They're rebounding yeah, what from could the that moon. Mean? Bounce off, do they? Because they don't. Like... <laughs> what the hell were they talking I guess. about? Yeah. I know. I hope not. <laughs> I don't know. That worries me. You're Saying It Wrong is part of the NPR Podcast Network and is produced by me, Fletcher Powell, in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. Kathy Petrus records from her home in Granada, Spain. Ross Petrus records from his home in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. Our digital team is Beth Golay, Jordan Kirtley, and Carly Cooper. If you like what we're doing here on the show, please tell everyone you know and leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod. Kathy and Ross are at K&R Petrus. I'm at Fletcher underscore Powell. Or you can email me at Powell at KMUW.org or email them at K&R Petrus at gmail.com. 
The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press, and you can find that and Kathy and Ross's other books pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And a number of their books are also available on audiobook, read by the authors themselves. Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can find out more about what they're doing at their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.